stay up to date and engage with the financial world. You're listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Almost nobody was prepared for the market crash of 2022, with both individual and institutional investors alike suffering massive losses. Since January 1st, Kathy Wood's ARK Innovation ETF is down more than 60%, and since the peak has wiped out tens of billions of dollars worth of shareholder value. The once-revered hedge fund Tiger Global has lost more than 10% every single month this year, bringing its year-to-date losses to more than 50%. But perhaps the single biggest loser of the current market meltdown is the Japanese technology conglomerate SoftBank. Led by the visionary technologist Masayoshi Sun, SoftBank turned from a local PC software distributor in Japan to the largest venture capital investor in the world by far. In the late 1990s and early 2000s, Sun invested in Yahoo Japan as well as a Chinese e-commerce startup called Alibaba. Both of these investments were home runs, returning tens of thousands of percent. The more success his company had, the larger Sun's ambitions grew. In his mind, he could see the technology that would power the future, and now he had the financial firepower to make these visions a reality. This culminated in 2017, when he convinced Saudi Arabia and other investors to back his $100 billion vision fund, which would be the largest venture capital fund the world had ever seen. He focused almost exclusively on early-stage money-losing technologies, which promised to change the world. During the pandemic bubble, this strategy worked great, as they were able to take many of their portfolio companies public at obscene valuations. In 2021, they had posted a $46 billion gain, mostly driven by their vision fund investments. SoftBank had successfully navigated the pandemic, and it looked like their visions for technology were bearing fruit. But one year later, the tides had completely turned. The vision fund reported a loss of $27 billion, wiping out the majority of its pandemic gains. And this is just as of March 31st, 2021. Since then, the Nasdaq has fallen by another 24%. SoftBank's investments are in money-losing technology companies, which have declined even more than this on average. Based on some back-of-the-envelope estimates, SoftBank's vision fund looks to have given up the entirety of its gain since it was launched five years ago, and is now roughly $6 billion in the red. While their private investments are much more difficult to evaluate, it's likely that they're doing even worse than the public ones. So while they've already recorded a gut-wrenching $27 billion loss, things have likely gotten much worse since then. Masayoshi Sun founded SoftBank as a software distributor in Japan in 1981. He was very interested in technology and was always looking to get involved in the next big thing. To this end, he pivoted SoftBank's focus to the internet in the 1990s by partnering with Yahoo to make Yahoo Japan, which then became the dominant search engine in the country. By the mid-2000s, he saw that mobile internet would be the next big thing and invested heavily in telecommunications infrastructure, again becoming the dominant player in the Japanese market. Throughout the 2020s, SoftBank's growth came mostly from the exponential rise of Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba. The 30% stake that they bought in 2000 for $20 million had increased to over $50 billion at the peak. Having made so many home-run investments and business decisions, Sun made a name for himself as a visionary technologist. By 2017, Alibaba had mostly matured, and he needed to find the next big thing to fuel SoftBank's growth over the next decade. Sun thought the defining technological development of the next generation would be robotics and artificial intelligence. Specifically, he predicted something that he calls the singularity. This refers to the point at which AI and robotics become so powerful that they can replace both blue-collar and white-collar workers in almost all occupations. Taxi drivers will be replaced by autonomous vehicles, factory workers will be replaced by robots, and white-collar workers like accountants and salespeople will be replaced by computer programs and chatbots. Sun wanted to be at the forefront of these tectonic technological changes. 
while SoftBank already had tens of billions of dollars of dry powder from Alibaba and their other successful investments. The opportunity in front of them was so big that he wanted to get his hands on even more money. So he created the Vision Fund. The goal of the fund was to raise $100 billion of capital, both from SoftBank itself and external investors. They would use this money to buy disruptive technology companies in all sorts of industries all around the world. So he flew over to Saudi Arabia to meet Crown Prince Mo So he flew all So he flew over to Saudi Arabia to meet Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. As part of their Vision 2030 plan, Saudi Arabia is trying to diversify its economy away from oil and towards new areas like technology. Investing in SoftBank's Vision Fund was a great way to get exposure to the new economy. After a 45-minute meeting with the Crown Prince, Sun convinced him to invest $45 billion into the fund, equating to $1 billion per minute. SoftBank itself invested $28 billion, and they also received investments from the UAE Sovereign Wealth Fund, Apple, Foxconn, and a few other large investors. All in all, they raised an eye-watering $100 billion. Investing in startups is always risky. There's asymmetric upside opportunity if one of their investments becomes the next Google or Facebook, but on the flip side, a large proportion of the investments will fail. Given how risky this is, Sun had to give some assurances to the Saudis and other investors to convince them to put so much money on the line. They structured the fund in such a way that SoftBank will carry more of the risk than the external investors. SoftBank contributed about $28 billion, while the outside investors contributed $72 billion. However, this $72 billion wasn't all equity. About $45 billion was preferred equity, which pays a guaranteed dividend of 7% per year. In this way, it functions a lot like debt. The Vision Fund has to make enough returns to pay the 7% preferred equity dividend before the common equity can make any returns at all. While SoftBank only contributed about 28% of the money to the fund, they owned roughly 50% of the equity, effectively giving them two times leverage. This gives them much greater upside if everything goes well, and equally means that they will incur much greater losses if the fund fails to meet expectations. Masayoshi's son had always been a confident man. He's never been afraid of going all in when he saw a big opportunity, and historically, this has paid off very well. With the upcoming AI singularity, he foresaw a massive opportunity, so he wasn't going to pull any punches. One of the problems with having $100 billion to invest is that you have to invest $100 billion. While this might sound like a good problem to have, it's a major issue for large early-stage investors like SoftBank. For each investment, it may take hundreds of man-hours to conduct the proper due diligence. And once you decide to make an investment, the company may be too small so they may only have use for $100 million of capital. If you have to make $100 million investments, it would take 1,000 investments to spend the entire $100 billion. Because they had so much money, SoftBank had to give many hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars to companies that they had high conviction in. By the end of 2018, they had invested $9 billion into Uber while it was still private, $8 billion into the British chipmaker Arm, more than $4 billion into co-working company WeWork, and $3 billion to TikTok parent ByteDance, just to name a few. Most, if not all of these companies were years away from making any profits. Masayoshi's son was a big believer in so-called blitzscaling. The idea is that you find the most promising company within a nascent industry and give them a boatload of cash. As a company outgrows its competitors, it builds an insurmountable network effect amongst its users, which makes it a near monopoly. Whatever few million dollars that Facebook may have burned in its early years is just a rounding error compared to the tens of billions in profits that's making now. That's the justification of funding money-losing companies. If you're a startup and SoftBank cuts you a multi-billion dollar check, you'll almost certainly have a larger war chest than any of your competitors. This means that you can spend more on advertising, promotions for new users, product development engineers, and everything else that will help you crush the competition. 
While this all sounded good on paper, such a strategy had never been tried before on the scale that SoftBank was attempting. While a traditional investor looks at a company's financials to figure out what their stock should be worth, SoftBank looked at what a company could become after burning a few billion dollars. One of the most shocking case studies of how this can go wrong is WeWork, which was one of the Vision Fund's largest and most disastrous investments. WeWork is a real estate company that leased office space under long-term rental agreements and subletted them out to corporate customers at much shorter durations. They also redecorated the offices to give them a more modern feel and charged rents higher than their own lending costs. They put sensors in the rooms to track people's movements and optimize the interior design and a few other things of this nature. This way, they could technically call themselves a technology company. Masayoshi's son liked the idea and thought it fit well with his vision for the future. So in 2017, he invested $4.4 billion into the company at a $20 billion valuation, making it one of their biggest investments. WeWork used this money to expand rapidly, opening up new WeWork offices around the world. As their revenue grew, so did their losses and they burned through SoftBank's investment at an alarming speed. But as long as revenue kept going up, SoftBank viewed it as a success and pumped more and more money into the company. They eventually gave them $17 billion and at the peak valued the company at $47 billion. In 2019, they tried to cash out by taking the company public, but investors balked at the $47 billion valuation for a company that wasn't making any profits in the near future. The problem with private investments is that it's very difficult to say what it's really worth. WeWork was worth $47 billion because SoftBank said they were and gave them a funding round at that valuation. But in the public markets, nobody would be willing to pay anything close to that. They eventually recorded a $17 billion loss related to their WeWork investment, as well as Uber which suffered a lackluster IPO in 2019. Going into 2020, things weren't looking good for the Vision Fund, and they were about to get even worse. When the pandemic hit, this put into doubt the solvency for many of the Vision Fund's portfolio companies. Many other companies, like Uber and WeWork, had their business models greatly impaired by stay-at-home orders. Given that these companies were already in a precarious financial position going into the pandemic, many analysts wrote them off as dead. SoftBank's own share price lost half its value during the early weeks of the pandemic. Also, with the share price decline, SoftBank's valuation was far lower than the value of the equity investments that they held on their balance sheet. While many investors doubted SoftBank's ability to navigate through this challenging time, Sun never lost faith in his long-term vision. In their earnings presentation, Sun put up an equation saying 24 minus 4 equals 9. You might think that he failed his first grade math class, but he's actually trying to make a point about SoftBank's valuation. The company had 24 trillion Japanese yen worth of assets and 4 trillion dollars worth of debt, giving them 20 trillion yen of net asset value, which is about 200 billion US dollars. But their stock market value on the Tokyo Stock Exchange was only 9 trillion yen, which made them clearly undervalued. The value of their Alibaba stake alone was almost equal to their market cap. If anything, Sun thought that SoftBank should trade at a premium to its net asset value because they are the goose that lays the golden egg of multi-bagger technology investments. And while the pandemic was negatively impacting some of their portfolio companies like WeWork, he believed that this was just a temporary problem and they will eventually return to their long-term growth trajectories. The investment community thought that Sun's unicorn presentations were ridiculous and laughed at his optimism. But over the next year, he'd prove all of these haters wrong. As it turns out, many of the Vision Fund investments were massive COVID beneficiaries. For example, in 2015 and 2018, they invested $2.7 billion into the South Korean e-commerce company Coupang. In March of 2021, the company IPO'd on the New York Stock Exchange. On the first day of trading, the company's valuation peaked at $100 billion. This gave SoftBank a paper profit of almost $30 billion. They also benefited from the general Fed-induced growth stock bubble, and particularly the SPAC craze. 
SPACs love to merge with unprofitable technology companies promising to change the world because these are the best stories to sell investors, at least during a bull market. And this aligned exactly with the portfolio companies of the Vision Fund. For example, Grab is a ride-hailing food delivery and digital payments app operating in Southeast Asia. In 2019, SoftBank invested $2 billion into the company at an estimated $15 billion valuation. They reported impressive revenue growth in 2020 as people increasingly used their food delivery service to avoid going outside. To fund this growth, they spent heavily on promotions and driver incentives, and in 2020 alone, they burned $2.7 billion. They were using the money that they raised from SoftBank to follow the blitz-scaling model, and during the 2021 market bubble, investors loved it. In early 2021, Grab merged with a SPAC called Altimeter Growth Corp at a valuation of $40 billion, more than double the valuation that SoftBank invested at just two years earlier. This was the largest SPAC in history at the time. Throughout 2020 and 2021, many of the Vision Fund's portfolio companies went public either through traditional IPO or SPAC. Their gains mostly came from Coupang, DoorDash, Uber, and a long tail of smaller investments, many of which went public via SPAC. Even WeWork, which failed to do an IPO in 2019, was able to merge with a SPAC, albeit at a much lower valuation. For the 12 months ended March 31, 2021, SoftBank reported a $47 billion gain related mostly to the Vision Fund. This was the largest annual profit ever recorded by a Japanese company in history. It also more than made up for the $17 billion loss that they incurred the prior year. Understandably, Masayoshi's son was very happy with his company's performance, and it gave him even more confidence to double down on his investment approach. He said that the $47 billion profit was not a one-time event. By now, SoftBank had proven itself as the goose that lays the golden eggs, and investors should expect similar success going forward. Unfortunately, this would not be the case. SoftBank's first problems came from its investments in Chinese companies. The Vision Fund invested billions of dollars to buy a 20% stake in Didi, which is the largest ride-hailing company in China. In the summer of 2021, they IPO'd on the New York Stock Exchange at a valuation of $70 billion. It looked like another big win for the Vision Fund. But within days of the blockbuster IPO, Chinese regulators banned the company's app from the App Store, citing consumer privacy and national security concerns. The stock immediately started dropping like a rock and fell by more than 80% before it was ultimately delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. They also had a few investments in Chinese education technology companies, including the online tutoring platform Zhangmen. Similar to Didi, the company IPO'd in the US in the summer of 2021 at a premium valuation. Shortly after the listing, the Chinese government completely banned private education companies, and Zhangmen's share price went to zero, completely wiping out SoftBank's investments. As 2021 went by, even their non-Chinese investments started to decline in value. Many of them listed at the peak of the market bubble. As the months went by, inflation gradually started increasing, interest rates were starting to creep up, and investors finally started questioning if these sky-high valuations were reasonable for money-losing companies. For example, Coupang, which was their biggest winner when it IPO'd, had lost almost 80% of its value to date. It's a similar story with Vue, a smart window glass company which merged with a SPAC at the peak of the SPAC bubble. It has also declined by more than 80%, and its share price of $1.70 makes it a penny stock by some definitions. And Grab, which was the largest SPAC ever, has disappointed investors with widening losses, and it too has fallen by 80%. The sell-off got even worse in 2022, as the Fed started hiking interest rates. For some of the investments, SoftBank was able to sell their shares and lock in the gains before the tech bubble burst. But for many of them, they had mandatory lockup periods, or for whatever other reason, they didn't sell. For the year ended March 31, 2022, they reported a record $27 billion loss, giving up most of the gains that they made in the prior year. 
In fact, the Japanese conglomerate is now negative on its Vision Fund investments. Their entire $35 billion gain had been completely wiped out. Since the quarter ended, the situation has only gotten worse, as tech stocks have continued to fall. Between March 31st to the time of producing this video on June 13th, most of the Vision Fund's publicly traded holdings have continued to fall. Of the companies they took public over the past year, they've decreased in value by another 27% on average since the quarter ended. This is only a rough approximation because we don't know the exact portfolio weights, and they also have some other investments. But if we apply the 27% loss, the Vision Fund would be down more than $6 billion since it was founded in 2017. This is pretty disastrous for Masayoshi Sun. He went all in on his vision for the future of technology. And now, almost five years later, all he has to show for it is a multi-billion dollar loss. There were a couple of problems with the Vision Fund. First off, it was probably too big. When you have $100 billion of capital you need to deploy, it can be very difficult to find suitable investments to use up all that capital. Because of this, SoftBank had to dumpster dive and invest in startups that weren't really technology companies. This ties into another problem. Sun had a firm belief that technology would disrupt all sectors of the economy over the coming decades. When you only look at the world through this lens, you may see use cases for technology that aren't that compelling in practice. Take the example of WeWork. They had some smart technology to track how office space is used, but at the end of the day, it's a real estate company and didn't have the exponential growth potential that SoftBank thought it did. But this doesn't mean that all their investments will be failures. A lot of their portfolio companies do have innovative technologies and are disrupting their respective industries. SoftBank just got unlucky with the Fed raising interest rates and crushing the valuations of their money-losing companies. Sun is a very long-term oriented investor, and we still don't know how his companies will perform in the long run. Just like it would be naive to call him a genius for making a $35 billion paper gain during the COVID bubble, it would be equally unfair to write him off as a failure just because he got burned by the recent market crash. The Vision Fund has hundreds of private companies that have yet to prove themselves. All it takes is for one of them to be the next Alibaba, and Sun could make back all of his recent losses many times over. You've been listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Don't miss a minute wherever you go. Wall Street Millennial, signing out.